This is an ABC podcast. This is the story of the girl who roared, Helen Reddy, read by conservationist Madison Stewart, a.k.a. Shark Girl. Helen dragged herself across the lino in the kitchen. She was struggling to move, struggling to breathe. There was no use yelling for help. Her daughter Tracy was the only one home, but she was only two. She didn't know how to call an ambulance. She didn't even know her ABCs. I just need to get to the phone, Helen puffed. Just a few more inches. She stretched out her arm, grabbing onto a dangling, curly cord. She tugged until the clunky contraption crashed to the ground. Helen double-checked the number on the fridge. It was before the days of triple zero. She used every last speck of her energy to turn the old-fashioned circle-shaped dial with her fingers. Phones didn't have voice control. They didn't even have buttons. Hello, ambulance service, the operator answered. Hello, my name is Helen Reddy. I think I've had a heart attack. Helen Maxine Reddy was sent home from the hospital the same day she was admitted. She was happy to be alive, but she was red-faced. You haven't had a heart attack, the doctor told her. You've had an anxiety attack. You just need some rest. It made sense. Helen had been seriously stressed, backflipping between worry and panic. She was about to compete in a talent quest on TV, but everyone had been telling her not to do it. You're a professional, they said. Talent quests are for amateurs. They were right. Helen had practically been born a professional. Her parents were vaudevillians. Those are performers who travelled around the country, singing, acting, dancing and doing magic tricks. Helen was pulled on stage when she was only five. But she was super small and she looked like she was only three. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome baby Helen Reddy. When the spotlight hit little Helen, she knew that's where she belonged. And that's where she stayed. Helen grew into a showwoman. She wasn't mega famous, but she always had work. In clubs, theatres and on TV. If you lose the talent quest, your career will be over, her friend said. No one will hire you if you're a loser. But first prize was everything Helen had ever dreamt of. A trip to the USA. The home of Broadway. The home of Hollywood. The home of the biggest stars in the world. And on top of the plane ticket, there was a record deal. Helen could have her very own album. She was already 24 and had a daughter. Back then... The older a woman grew, the less likely she was to be a celebrity. And it was almost unheard of if you were a mum. I'm running out of time, Helen thought. She took a deep breath and looked in the mirror. Worrying and panicking won't get you anywhere, she told herself. Helen Reddy, you're going to win that contest. 
Helen glued not one, not two, but three sets of false lashes on. She followed up with the thickest of thick black pencil on her eyelids. She pulled on a wig and pinned two extra hair pieces on top to make her do defy gravity. Just as she'd slipped into a flowy, white gown, there was a knock on the door. Come in, Helen called. It was one of her old stage buddies, from the vaudevillian days. What are you doing here? Helen asked. He took off his hat and twiddled his thumbs. Um, Helen, he said. My cousin is one of the judges. He told me they've already picked the winner. It's not you. The contest is rigged. Helen slumped at her dressing table. It wasn't too late to pull off her lashes and storm out. I wanted you to know, the man said. So you didn't get too upset when they made the announcement. Helen lifted her head, took a deep breath, and looked in the mirror. Worrying and panicking won't get you anywhere, she told herself again. Helen, ready? You are going to win that contest. She pulled back her shoulders and opened the door for her visitor. Thank you for coming, she said. But I'm going to be so great, there'll be an uproar if I don't win first place. You'll see. I'm strong. I'm invincible. Time to meet the second contestant this week, Philip Bandstand Starlight International. I'm Sydney. Helen Reddy. Helen took her place on stage. Her feet were firmly planted on the ground. She stared into the camera. She opened her mouth, but she didn't just sing. She started softly and sweetly, building up to a poppy pace and finishing with a powerful roar. The cameraman's jaw dropped. The lighting guy was mesmerised. The host was dumbfounded. The other contestants clapped half-heartedly. They knew they were toast. Then, for two long hours, the finalists had to sit behind soundproof glass, watching as the judges flailed their arms and paced around the room. It was obvious they were arguing. It was obvious Helen had ruined their plans. She was the obvious winner, and it would be an obvious scandal if they chose anyone other than her. The result was settled. The singers lined up in the studio to await their fate. And the winner of the Australian Bandstand Talent Contest is... Helen Reddy! How do you feel? the host asked. Helen summoned up her acting skills and told a white lie. I can hardly believe it, she said. But she knew she deserved it. Justice had been done. And just as well. All the time spent rehearsing for the contest meant Helen hadn't been earning any money. She flew to the USA with Tracy on her lap and $230 in her pocket. Mercury Records, there it was. The building on New York City's glamorous Fifth Avenue, where Helen was to receive the second part of her prize, a recording contract. Aren't you gonna leave that kid somewhere? 
said the receptionist. Helen had Tracy on her hip. No, she said. She's my daughter. The receptionist raised her eyebrows and fetched a man in a suit. Welcome to New York, he said, extending his hand. Lunch is on me. I hope you enjoy your stay and have a safe flight home. Helen frowned. Hang on, what about my record deal? She asked. The man's friendly smile faded. You must have your wires crossed, he said. It was an audition for a record deal. It wasn't guaranteed. Helen placed Tracy on the ground and folded her arms. Fine, she said. When can I audition? The man put his hand on Helen's shoulder. Like people do when they're about to deliver bad news. Awful news. We saw you on the show, he said. You're a very good singer, but we just don't want to give a record deal to a woman. We're looking for a male group. You know, like the Beatles. Helen and Tracy were left on the street to fend for themselves. In a foreign city, with barely a dime to spare. But as they looked around at the yellow taxis, the skyscrapers and the neon lights, Helen knew they wouldn't be going home. Not yet. If I have to, I can face anything, she said. Helen did what she did best. She sang and she sang and she sang some more. She sang until her throat hurt. She sang at nightclubs, hotels, restaurants, anywhere she could find a venue willing to pay, with an audience willing to listen. I was keeping body and soul together and, and I was, I just sold myself as a singer slash actor slash dancer, whatever. It was fun, but frustrating. American radio stations hardly played any music by women. In fact, they'd only leave one spot on each program's playlist for a song by a female artist. And lots of the songs they did choose made Helen yawn. There were lyrics about searching for a boyfriend. Loving your boyfriend. Standing by your boyfriend. There were lyrics about searching for a husband. Loving your husband. Standing by your husband. Boring, Helen said. Can't women sing about anything other than men? Where are the songs about us? As word spread of the talented and hard-working Australian singer who just wouldn't give up, important people in the music industry started to listen. She became besties with an Australian journalist who made sure she always mentioned Helen in the entertainment section of the newspaper. Who is this Helen Reddy? People would ask at fancy parties. Have you heard of Helen Reddy? Helen Reddy, they say she's the next big thing. But her best break came when a TV host invited Helen on his show as a guest. A record industry executive was watching, and he liked what he saw. Helen Reddy, I'm Artie Mogul from Capitol Records. How would you like a recording contract? Nothing major, just two songs for now, to test you out. Helen almost leapt out of her skin with joy. Yes, she said. If I have to, I can do anything. Helen recorded covers of a song called I Believe in Music and another called I Don't Know How to Love Him. She wasn't a fan of I Don't Know How to Love Him. It was one of those sappy boyfriend-husband songs she'd grown sick of. 
but the studio convinced her to go with it. They knew what they were talking about. To Helen's surprise, radio stations liked her version of I Don't Know How to Love Him. They added it to their playlist. People started lining up at shops to buy it. Helen ready? It was Artie Mogul from Capitol Records again. We'd like to offer you another recording contract. A major one this time. An entire album. Helen was handed reams of music to choose from. But nothing inspired her. It was all covers of songs that were already popular. She went to bed, worrying about what to do. As her eyes drooped closed, and she drifted off to sleep, one line kept replaying in her mind. I am strong. I am invincible. I am woman. Helen woke with those words still at the front of her brain. Suddenly, she felt a huge sense of responsibility. The album wasn't just a chance for Helen to be heard. It was a chance for women to be heard. All women. Helen grabbed a pen and paper and wrote the first line of a new song. I am woman, hear me roar. She didn't mean roar like a lion. She meant roar of the crowd. She was one voice, speaking for many, who were tired of being ignored. I am woman, hear me roar, in numbers too big to ignore. Helen kept writing until she had two verses and a chorus. She sent the words to her friend, Ray Burton, who added the music. I Am Woman was officially added to Helen's album. When the first copy arrived at Helen's house, she slept with it under her pillow. It was a dream come true, kept in the place where she dreamed the most. Helen Reddy's first album flew off the shelves. Three songs made it to the top 40 on the pop charts. Yet, I Am Woman, Helen's own creation, wasn't a hit. No radio stations were playing it. Helen was ready to forget about it. Until she got a call from some movie producers. We're making a film called Stand Up and Be Counted, they said. It's about women fighting for equal rights. We want to use your song, I Am Woman. Helen agreed on two conditions. One, they let her re-record it. And two, they donate $1,000 to a bunch of women's charities. It was a deal. Helen wrote an extra verse, an extra chorus, and re-recorded I Am Woman with a new musical arrangement. Much better, she said. The revamped version was added to Helen's third album. And then, silence. It's the radio stations, her manager said. They don't like feminists. They won't play your song. There was no way Helen was going to tolerate anyone refusing to play her song. Any song. Just because it was about strong women. I'll show them just how strong we can be, she said. If she couldn't reach listeners on radio, she'd find viewers on TV. Helen madly booked appearances on 19 different TV shows and sang I Am Woman on every single one. It was I Am Woman Overload. Too big to ignore. And I know too 
radio station phones rang off the hook. I'd like to request I Am Woman by Helen Reddy. Can you play Helen Reddy's I Am Woman, please? Why aren't you playing I Am Woman? It's the best song ever. Radio stations couldn't ignore the demands. They added I Am Woman to their playlists. And women across the world roared along. They roared in their cars. They roared in the supermarket. They roared at school. They roared at home. They roared at work. I Am Woman entered the top 100 on the pop charts, then rose to 98, then 97, all the way up to number one. The same week she topped the charts, Helen had her second child, a boy named Jordan. Looks like you can definitely be a mum and a celebrity, she thought to herself, but she wasn't any old famous person. Helen Reddy had become the first Australian ever to top the US charts. She sold 25 million albums. That's equal to one for every person in Australia today. She became known as the queen of 70s pop and was given her own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. She also won music's most prestigious award, a Grammy. And as she clutched her gold trophy in her hands, staring out at the sea of men in the audience, many who tried to block her song from the radio. Helen decided to finish her speech with a last minute thank you. I want to thank God because she makes everything possible. I've heard Helen Reddy's song many times used in movies and just throughout life and I never knew that that was the story behind it and that's a really amazing story what she achieved that she never gave up how much hardship she faced it's really wonderful to actually know the story behind that famous famous song and how many women she reached around the world my name is Madison Stewart but everybody calls me shark girl I've been working with sharks ever since I was a little kid I'm an underwater filmmaker and I specialise in conservation of sharks now and they just have become my passion and my whole life. You can hear more stories of fierce girls like me on the podcast, like this one. Constable Lillian Armfield left the boys in blue hiding around the corner. She strode ahead and knocked on the door of a scary-looking house. She knew a gunman was lurking inside. I'm here to see Stiffy, Lillian said. I owe him some money. The door creaked open. That was the cue for the rest of the cops to follow. They stormed in, with Lillian leading the way to an upstairs bedroom. She yanked back the bed covers, spying a man's boot poking out from underneath the mattress. Come out with your hands up, Lillian yelled. We've got you now. Stiffy was one of countless crooks Lillian hauled back to the station. And she did it all with nothing but a handbag. A hundred years ago, men didn't think police women were worthy of weapons and uniforms. But Lillian persisted, proving she was the bravest of the brave, all in the pursuit of justice. And she didn't just bring justice to the streets, she brought it to the force. Now, police women get a lot more than a handbag. They have the same rights as their male workmates. All thanks to Lillian Armfield. Australia's first woman detective. To hear more awesome episodes of the Fierce Girls podcast, 
go to the ABC Listen app or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If I could go back in time and talk to myself again as a young girl, I would definitely say keep up where you're going, stay wild, stay fierce, and it's definitely going to pay off in the end. Roll the credits. Fierce Girls is produced by a bunch of super fierce women. The executive producer is Justine Kelly. It's produced by Rebecca Armstrong. The stories are written by the uber-talented Samantha Turnbull. Judy Rapley is the amazing audio engineer who puts in the cool sound effects like this one. Kelly Reardon is the boss who lets us make fierce podcasts like this one. Fierce Girls is a production of the ABC Audio Studios.